Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 124. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Simon Roach of the band Raptors. Um, That is without the vowels, so it is R-X-P-T-R-S. They are an incredible band over in the UK, Uh, really making a big splash in the scene, and I think that they're right on the verge. And I I think I tell Simon this at one point in the the conversation that we had. You know, they're right on the cusp of breaking out and being one of those bands that everybody's like, holy shit, have you you heard of this band? Like, are you checking them out? Um, So be one of the first people to do that. Uh, Right after you listen to this conversation that I have with Simon, because... They've got a new album coming out, which we talk about, and that album is dropping just two days after this uh, episode goes live, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. Uh, The album is called Living Without Death's Permission. It drops June the 24th via Metal Blade Records. And yeah, Simon and I had a great time talking about a huge variety of things from the inception of the band and kind of how they... They formed and came to be in this iteration, um, the album itself we talk a lot about. We talk about kind of building a record during the COVID years um, and and the difficulty that is inherent within that. Um, we talked a little bit about some of the song content. As you guys know, I don't typically talk too much about like specific meaning of songs but there are a few songs we get into some of those details because of the message that is in those works um is very direct it's very specific and it it matters and um so we do talk a little bit about some of the specifics but i think it's still enough for people to make their own connections to those songs and figure out what they truly mean to them um And yeah, you know, we talked about some cool upcoming things that we had to be a little bit vague about because they're not announced yet. But, um, you know, Simon was was an awesome guest. I really appreciate his time and and doing this conversation with me. And I'm actually looking forward to having him on again. You know, we're going to try to get a conversation going around musicians for mental health, things like that. Uh, but yeah, Simon's a, a super dope dude. The band Raptors RXPTRS is super fucking dope and it needs to be on your radar. But for now, let's just dive into this conversation that I had with Simon Roach. So uh, I do ask the same boring ass question to kick off every episode. And that's a simple introduction, man. Who are you? What do you do in the band? And why are we having this talk? Right stuff. Okay, so uh, my name is Simon. Uh, I am the vocalist in the band Raptors, and our debut album is coming out next month on the 24th of June. Yeah, awesome. And this, I'm going to double check, uh, look at my schedule. This will come out uh, at the end of this month about, in fact, like two more weeks, next week. Uh, the twenty second. This will be. Is that right? What What even is today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, no, we're it'll be. 19th. It'll be coming out. 
Yeah, it'll be coming out uh, June twenty second. So right as oh. the album's getting ready to drop. So this will be yeah. Awesome. Oh, in that case, yeah, it's coming out very very soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so for anyone that's not familiar with you guys, let's give a little background, right? You know, this particular project, you guys are relatively new to the the industry, but as musicians, you're not. So l- let's talk a little bit about how the inception started for you. Yeah, so um, it, we officially launched in 2018, the start of 2018. Um, before that, all of us had worked together in some iteration of some uh some way we'd kind of crossed paths or we'd kind of supported each other in different um in different bands or we'd done merch for a different band or um reviewed it was a very very incestual scene (laughs) so we'd all kind of done promotion so we'd worked the door or done some promoting for each other's gigs um uh, a lot of the guys had depped for each other as well. Like Matt had depped with Harley's old band and Harley depped with uh, mine and Ian's old band. So we had a, a really good kind of friendship and, and, and a chemistry there already. So we we knew that we had something good and we knew we all got along like a house on fire. And as these projects were beginning to... Um, take a natural ending um we we all were like why why don't we do something new and and start afresh with uh something and we did that and hit the road really 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 quickly um yeah because that was that was our, how we kind of came together was over live music um and we we just wanted to be a jam band and we just wanted to be the live band we wanted everyone to know that so we started playing house parties like immediately before we really had anything in stone um and then um it's literally about two months into the year uh we we hit the road we were very very fortunate to um to know a band that uh we had known in in different projects and they were doing a farewell uk tour um and we were we had a handful of songs and like a cover right and we were like right we're we're ready to hit the road and they were like you come say hi as we're doing our farewell tour and uh we'll uh we'll introduce you to to the uk yeah. and it was we were just so thankful for that because it it just helped us catapult so that was our first real ever live show actually wasn't even in england it was in scotland uh so our first actual gig in uh in a a real venue apart from a house party was in yeah it was in a whole different country so it was like it was really cool um a really cool very quick start awesome man um and yeah for anyone that's not familiar with you guys you guys are out of bristol in the uk and like let's talk a little bit about the depth of the music scene over there because you know america we assume that oh it's the uk like you guys are this little island and there's you know (laughs) like there's not much there we have that superior superiority complex about us but like when you really stop and think about it, like some incredible acts have come out of the UK, like obviously going Beatles and not, but like you have 
Architects, you have Bring Me the Horizon, Enter Shikari. Like there's so many massive acts. What is it about your music scene that's just so fueling a band? I There's such a rich history of, of the, the alt side of things. Um, so everyone, I think anyone who is, I think personalities as a whole in Britain is completely defined by the music taste. I'm sure that is the world over as well. But yeah. like it's it's something that we um take take to pride and it's how you kind of categorize and find your friendship group is um it, it's defined by music and there's so so much going on in the UK for such a they're like as you say like geographically it's tiny right. but there's there's just so much going on and from city to city which is going to sound ridiculous for you in the states where it's so much more vast but like right. the the scene in and the scenes in in the UK are just mad because in the space of like a hundred miles, which is not really in the grand scheme of things um, much at all. This is just so different from city to city. And Bristol itself has um, its own personality. And you, you, you can come here and you'll, you'll kind of see some sort of trends. Um, and then you go to a city just down the road, I mean, London's like an hour and a half away and it's just an entirely different beast. It's an entirely different um, scene. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's really interesting and it makes things really exciting. So tours can be like crazy because it, it just feels like from the north to the south, everything, there's just so much diff, different vibes, different um, attitudes. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really exciting place to be. And it's also very, very competitive. So that I think as, as cutthroat as it kind of feels sometimes, it's actually, um, it brings the, the best out of people because you have to be to stand out in such a, like a saturated um, country. You, you have to have something to stand out. So it constantly keeps people on edge and people and are really inventive with genres and, and um, aesthetics. And it's, it's, it's a very exciting place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, yeah, I was just going to say, I think, you know, that's the thing that I've noticed with the artists I've, you know, spoken with over the last, well, I've been doing music journalism for 18 years now, but even just the last two and a half years of this podcast, you know, the, the British bands that I've spoken with, um, the amount of people that just talk about exactly what you said, like, we had to step up because if we don't, we get lost. And like that competitiveness just fuels the the passion and goes, okay, well, we had a great show, but so did 14 other bands on the same night in the same city. Like, what are we going to do next? Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is crazy, but I, I love that. And I love constantly being on, on the, on the edge of something new and, and, having to kind of reinvent from song to song and um it keeps keeps everything really exciting so it's uh it's definitely um it puts fuel in the fire so it's it's, it's great yeah awesome um so as you guys have you know again developed this this iteration um talk a little bit about kind of 
from step one of, of debut EP to now, you know, going through the COVID years, writing and recording an album through all that bullshit and now being ready to launch a debut album. It's so it was it's crazy and it's crazy to think how we tr- we've really kind of made this situation kind of work for us um because well, i mean we had to there was there was no stopping and we we um we started in 2018 um and we just took every show that we possibly could for like the first year year and a half we released the ep in may of 2019 and then we thought we'd done a lot of shows in year one but that was the catalyst then then it was berserk so from may until uh, it was like october november we did um we 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 were touring constantly um we we were we had shows every week uh, we were up and down the country um cramming in as much as we possibly could just because it was that live um energy that kind of really kind of bonded that's what how we were writing music was at, at volume um, and it, and and that kind of helped us kind of find our genetics as raptors it was uh that was that was how we kind of formed our dna and um so we were plowing through and then we we had um we threw our like a our own festival um day in uh, 2019 for christmas which has become a staple since then um so uh, our xmas festival so we did that in uh, 2019 in december and then started touring again immediately um into january february and then covid hit <laughs> so just hit kind of by the end of march it was the world stops yeah exactly so like fortunately for us we had been building um this momentum of writing rehearsing and and then touring constantly um and we had actually planned for april to be um a recording session for the the start of the the full length um so that was that was kind of in place already obviously that got delayed but we had like five songs to go like ready to go um and then as as soon as lockdown hit we were fortunate that the three of us lived together here um in the raptor pad and uh we we just refined those five songs and and bounced ideas back and forth during lockdown it was kind of a learning process as we were going because as normally we have our rehearsal studio with all our stuff locked in it and we'd we'd all go there as as a five and write that way but we had three of us writing here the other guys in their homes and we just file shared and and refined the tracks that we already had which is crazy to think now how how it would have come out if we didn't do that because it felt we went through everything with a fine tooth comb because we had all the time in the world uh we had sort of three months locked in the house so we really went through those um those tracks and our good friend oz crags who was our producer honored our booking that uh from april so as soon as lockdown 
finished, we jumped in as one of the first slots um, after, and we recorded half the album straight away. And and we we pitched those songs then to to Metal Blade, um, and well. One thing I did forget, actually, we had actually previously recorded You Me, The Devil Makes Three, and we released that during lockdown, which thankfully turned heads towards us, which really kind of helped the momentum keep going throughout lockdown, where everything was kind of stopping. We were able to kind of get something out there, and it was actually that song that helped us get noticed by Metal Blade, and... uh, set that ball rolling yeah yeah no and I, i'm glad you brought up obviously getting signed um but also oz because you guys have have worked with him pretty much since day one mm-hmm. what's it been like to have that kind of constant connection with him obviously he knows the sound and the the persona that you want to have he is he's essentially the the sixth raptor he he really is one of one of us uh, he it's freak freakish how similar our minds work and like it's kind of like finishing each other's sentences kind of weird um so once you once we established that and we established that immediately as soon as we went in we had a weird moment actually when when i first met oz me and ian um went into the studio and he's like when when have we met? Have you been like? Because he was he was in a band called Feed the Rhino, who were really good. Um, and uh, I never actually got to see them live, but um, before meeting him, and he was like, oh, "I've seen you at a show. Have you, have you? Where have we met?" And I was like, I, I felt the same. I was like, "Have we have we met before?" And we hadn't. But it was it was one of those just really familiar feeling. Um, and yeah, he he doesn't just get thing. He doesn't get things to sa- sound good. He gets into the song. He wants to know what it's about, um, like wh- what we're what the feeling behind it is. Because he could make just everything sound massive, right. but he he wants the vulnerability. He wants to know its imperfections as well, yeah. and. That just strikes true to us. Um, again, like we always consider ourselves a live band and we don't want it to be polished and perfect. We wanted it to to have that like visceral feeling. And yeah. and he, yeah, he's all about that. Yeah, no, and I, I love that because I think that also adds to the experience as a listener. So I've gotten to listen to the, the album already a couple times through and, um, you know, I think having that that visceral, like you said, the the rawness to the the music also plays into the emotion that you feel listening to the song and going, OK, I'm building a connection to this. Like, I get this. I feel that way. Um, and it, it's a really cool concept, because like you said, you know, m- mad props to any sound engineer producer, because realistically, we could just cookie cutter everything and everybody could sound the exact same. Mm-hmm. That's it. You could just get, what is the most perfect sounding? What's like, like Dolby, like right. just make it sound completely perfect. And yeah, it, but it, that's just not the art of it. 
and and you, you really really do have to have a real ear for that like i he he hears things that i just can't hear and and nor, nor can the other guys because he'll there'll be takes where he's like i'll be i'll be like that's the one perfect and he'll be like no he's already deleted it do it again um but vice versa there'll be takes that i'm like oh the demo i did or the practice run that i did i i've nailed that but he will he will want the one that like my voice cracks or uh i'm like out of breath or something he will take he'll take that and he just knows that's the one and i'll be like no that's like making me cringe (laughs) like i'll be like no i can't be that one he's like that that's the one that is the one and so to have that and to really capture that and the energy is it's a whole skill and i'm i don't think you can teach that no i i would agree i think you know with production especially and and mastering and mixing like they have to be i think a lot of people assume that they're not musicians themselves you know like oh they're just playing with it in in the computer or whatever however they're tracking and everything and it's like but doesn't that take a better musician than maybe even the people playing it yeah. to piece together these these individual stems and go, well, that belongs here and we need to do this to that to make this. Most people can't do that. They can play a guitar, but they cannot mix and master. No, there's there's just so many more moving parts. Um, and to see those cogs turn in, it's like, to me, it's like the matrix. I, I am very much, like a, I'm like a pencil and paper kind of guy. <laughs> I, I like still handwrite all my lyrics, but like he's, he's seeing frequencies and, and hearing um, things that it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's freakish. And he, he will not even look at the screen and he'll be like, oh, there's, there's something there. There's a frequency or something there. And then he'll look and he'll be like, that's what I meant he'll look at like literally the sound waves and he he will invisibly heard right. that that's crazy yeah that that's insane and you know for far too long i thought i was too cool to wear earplugs at shows so my hearing isn't what it should be anyway so there's definitely <laughs> no way i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, honestly i used to be the same man it's uh it just doesn't sound sound as cool when you're like but those people, it's cooler to be able to hear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so diving into the album a little bit, uh, something I, I don't do very often, um, almost never now, is ask like specifics about a song because I don't want to take away the connection that somebody else makes to it. You know, yeah. um, music's just too fucking powerful for me to dictate or you to dictate what that should mean. Um, but you know, diving into the the record, it's a very honest record. You know, you're very vulnerable with your lyrics. You're very real with your lyrics. How important is that to you to be transparent to some degree with what you've experienced and been through and then putting that into song for others to latch onto? It's everything, man. Um, I've, I've done other project and and um have done stuff that i i'm really proud of but i i would it was more fiction based or it'd be like a story based it wouldn't necessarily be about myself and i i had fun doing that but there was like a connection that wasn't 
there and i felt i think people are people are emotionally intelligent um and i sometimes i don't think people give themselves enough credit like i feel i feel right. like there's some something there you can you can smell bullshit when 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 there's yeah. like we've got we've got bullshit radars in our heads and and something might sound perfect and be really cool um but if it's if it's not, if it's coming from a, a different place or just like a clever place it doesn't ring true and when we started raptors um i decided like oh, we've had so much stuff like it's it's freakish like there's been so much sort of trauma and uh and, and we've had really awesome times as well like right we no, no one will throw a party like we're at the party. But like we, but this is the this is the scale. This is the spectrum um, of it all. And when there's this so much nonfiction to, to that we've experienced, there we don't need to, to kind of think up stories. We don't need to um, to 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 talk about anyone else's stories. We've got so much in us so from the off it was like okay we're gonna we're gonna tell this story it's gonna be completely honest it's if it's if it comes across as uh as raw if it upsets if it's jarring um then let it be um because at least it's honest um so that that's the mentality we we took with the first ep and then the album really serves as a journal extract from the like the last two years, and we've just gone through. It's it's crazy the, to 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 look back and uh, some of the songs were kind of written in hindsight of something that had happened, but some was like it was happening right that day. Um, it was it was stuff that we, I was walking through town and that that was happening, um, or it was something that had pissed me off online <laughs> or something. <laughs> And um, yeah, it was just whatever struck the nerve. That's what it had to be about. And um, whether it came across, yeah, uh, jarring or um, yeah, if, if if it rings true, it, it's kind of like throwing shit at the wall. Um, right. So that's uh, it, it's the way it had to be. Um, and yeah, it, it comes from a, like a quite a painful place at times. But that that's all part of being human and that's what we wanted to get across. And yeah. uh, so that's how, how it came to be. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think the important distinction that I want to make, you know, like you said, like if it's if it's a jarring or, you know, maybe hit someone and it takes them back a little bit, like you guys don't write as like a shock act. Like it's not intentionally to like, Oh, we're just going to be controversial and whatever. Like it's, this is real shit. And some of it's going to hurt, you know, like some of it's going to kick you in the face and make you realize like shit gets real. Um, and I, I love that about this album. Um, I do want to, you know, touch on a few of the songs. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily want to get into like, tell me exactly what this song is about. And, you know, what were you doing at that time or whatever, but I think there's some that I want to touch on because you guys are are such a awesomely weird blend of genres. Uh, <laughs> you 
you've got metal, you've got punk, you've got like just alt rock. Like there's so much genre fusion within the band that I think this album is for people that don't know you guys yet is going to be a really cool showcase to say like, we've got range. And if you come along for this ride, you're going to find some cool shit. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ryan. That is, yeah, that's definitely definitely how we feel. And I'm super glad that it's it's come across to you that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the first one I wanted to touch on a little bit is uh, the album again is going to come out just a couple days after this episode. So um, track number two, Rock Bottom, is a stepping stone. A, I fucking love that title because. <laughs> As someone that has battled mental health, you know, depression, anxiety, and whatnot my whole life, like, there's a lot of times that it feels like rock bottom is the end, right? Like, we're at the bottom. This is where I live now, whatever. It's so easy to get stuck in that mentality. But mm -hmm. this song title alone is, is that, let's change the perspective a little bit. Rock bottom is a stepping stone. Rock bottom allows you to get your feet back under you, get up and move forward absolutely that's 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 what that title that came to me that was again during lockdown and that the the title itself came yeah came from that mentality of of feeling in the pits um and yeah it was kind of trying to kind of have fun out of that and it kind of really kind of painted a picture in my head i was like that that's got to be the song title, and and from there the, the story of that song kind of just evolved from from a very different place, but it was it was a, an incredibly fun but quite a, kind of a frustrating song to write as well. Yeah, I, I think sonically it's one of the more unique songs on the album in the sense that I, at least for me, I feel like I pick up on hints of all of you guys. You know, like. The guitars are just a little bit different than the drums as far as like what styling they really are and things like that. And it's again, it's that blend of everything together and it's still telling the same story. Absolutely. That that one uh, to me, I'm, I'm sure if if we if all the guys were here, we'd probably have something very, very right. different to say. <laughs> but to me, that song is like quintessential Raptors. If someone was to say of that, have like if if you could play someone just one song from the album that to me it would probably be rock bottom because that that to me it's it strikes a nerve and um it's it's that visceral live kind of feeling that to me that song is the most we started playing that live as soon as we'd written it basically and i was just like <laughs> one, of, one of those songs i'm just like this has to go in this has to go in no one's going to know it yet because it's not going to be released for absolutely ages, but we got to play it. And yeah, it definitely, it definitely hits. It hits hard. Yeah. Um, another one, hold my list back up here. Uh, another one that I wanted to touch on is um, Demons in My Headphones, because again, there's so much going on in this song, dude. Uh, <laughs> like, so... I should tell you, like the first, I try to do it at least two times, but as often as I can, I listen to an album straight through. Like I'm, I'm a stickler. At least the first two times I listen to it, it has to be front to back. Amazing. So yeah. So usually the first time is that kind of surface level listen where I'm just 
okay, what grabbed me, you know, what, what made me pay attention, whatever. Second time you start digging into lyrics and things like that. Um, and I think, you know, track four demons in my headphones was one of those. I was sitting at work, had it kind of, you know, playing in the headphones while I'm typing an email or whatever. And I literally had to stop and go, what the fuck is this? Song? Like I went over, like <laughs> looked at what I'm listening to, like, okay, like I'm into this already, you know, um, talk a little bit about the creation process of that for you. You know what? They, they, this is the cra- craziest thing. So on, on, I'll, I'll bring it up another song just briefly, but like the song that before that on the album is a song mm-hmm. called Dead Awake. And that song took months and months of crafting and we were like going over it and over and we, we had a structure and then we were like, it's not working. So like, we literally like, like, like brickwork, like took it apart and put, put it back together. And that process was so painstaking. And it, it, it eventually we took some stuff out and, and it, it, it formed. Demons of my headphones for the identity crisis that it is came together in like, like one practice, maybe two rehearsals and it just flowed. Um, so Initially, Ian came up with the the kind of dancey like um, main riff, right? And it, it went from there. And we just this was when the lockdown had just kind of um, opened up again. So it wasn't we'd already booked into the studio, so it wasn't a lot of time. And we were like, we, we want another like upbeat song. We we're like, let's let's just go and have a jam. Yeah. He came in with this riff, and next thing we knew. That that whole song just was like, oh, that that can go into this, that can go into that, and it just it just flowed naturally, and it's just like one of those hallelujah moments where we're just like that just worked. Um, but also Matt did come up with a, a seven eight bit that we were just like, well, we've got to put that in there at some right. point. That, that that got shoehorned back in, <laughs> um, I, and also yeah, the solo section we were like. Let's, let's let's just get like a thrash solo in there somewhere as well. Uh, so I think those bits came in the second practice, but the, yeah, the the vast majority of the song just fl- fl- it was like like maybe like three hours where we were just in a room uh, throwing some stuff around, and we came out with pretty much the song as it is. Yeah, which is an incredible feat. Like for anyone that doesn't write music, I don't think they they fully understand that whole process. Like they maybe i'm oversimplifying it for a lot of people but i think a lot of people just assume like oh they write lyrics they have kind of everything in their head and it's a pretty simple thing and like like you said sometimes it's well we have the core concept but months later we were still fucking with this thing or vice versa of hey guys we just fucking nailed it let's put that down yeah there's this it's it's like the uh, not to sound like too too hippie on this but like there's definitely sometimes it feels like there's some sort of invisible energy and it's sometimes you you can just grab onto it and ride it like a wave and sometimes it's it's hard graft like when that's not there you can still write a song but it's it's like it's graft in a way but sometimes when that's in that room and you're all on the same wavelength and you know exactly what we want to go for yeah. And in this particular song, it was just like balls out. That, that's all we wanted. That was the only the only memo 
was right we need something we just want raw energy we'd been locked up for so long we were allowed back into the room we were just like we we gotta have something that's gonna make a stance yeah uh, we want something that's gonna hit hard and yeah like three hours later the, the song formed we were like what <laughs> where did that come from well then you know the the issue of uh disbelief i guess comes in to some extent right like then you guys finish it and you go hmm. need thought i cut Ooh. out for a second there's that <laughs> thought in the back of your head a little bit though when it does finish so quickly and easily right like shit do we need to go back and revisit this like in a week or two like just see what's happening oh yeah that 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 um happened so so much and yeah i i can't i can't pretend that we uh we just did it in three hours and then that was it to the studio right. it, we, the, the thing was formed in three hours but then we we do go and fine tooth comb over absolutely every, every single detail and there's always like a little bit here or a transition here or um like literally just playing with notes or whatever especially when it comes to like lyrically i i'm i i do the guys heads in because i'll be like yeah it's done like the, here's the lyrics and then the, the more like the the in the i'll do that in the morning and by the afternoon i'll be like it's all gone i'm starting again <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's awesome and i think you know that's a, another one of those things though that you know when you have a truly collaborative space within you know the band those changes can happen and they can be organic versus when egos get involved and it's well fuck you i already wrote my part we're we're sticking with it <laughs> yeah this the with with us like we we are we are very much like family based like we we are um and i, I know a lot of people say that but in we we're in the um in the real terms of family and that doesn't mean it's uh, rainbows and butterflies at right. all it, it's <laughs> it's it's we will fight like a family um but but also again we we've always got the same goal we've always got the same motivation the 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 end product is what we have in our in our sight and there's no room for ego like if if any any one person got the ego then the others are there to to cut it down it's just yeah. there's no space for that and i think that that helps and it helps with again the honesty uh but it also helps us refine like nothing nothing's off the table and if if the idea isn't there and it's not like for the good of the song then no one can be touchy enough if someone's uh got the honesty and like the courage to say i don't think that's right then they deserve the respect to you to listen and to right to to at least try uh, another idea sometimes we end up going back but quite often if it doesn't feel right it's not right so it's uh yeah a collaborative effort yeah absolutely um <clears throat> next up i want i want to talk a little bit about it's actually like in in the press release that i've got it's the trilogy of songs as it's called um so we've got uh the death rattle cold ground and let me die how i want are kind of all telling the same story or or pieces of the same story um starting with the death rattle let's talk a little bit about 
since this set has a message, talk a little bit about what the background to this song is. So the death row is my perspective of the story that it's something that happened to my family uh, not too long ago. Um, in a nutshell, um, my grandmother um, got uh, very ill um, and was essentially told she didn't have a lot of time left, um, but miraculously kind of got told a month or two later that she was likely to survive. However, she had seen death, essentially, and couldn't couldn't get past it. Um, and it took a very bad turn on her mental health. And and she took her life into into her own hands, should we say? Yeah. Um, so that deeply affected obviously the whole family. And um actually uh, it took the biggest toll on, on my granddad. They were obviously still still married at the time. And soon after he passed, literally just because his his life kind of fell away. Yeah. yeah. Um and from that chain reaction of that, I kind of lost the plot for a for a, a good while afterwards as well. Yeah. So the, the death rattle is is the kind of six months after that happened, and that was my my kind of interpretation of it and, and my reaction to this loss, um, which was self-destructive to say the least. Um, yeah. So that, that, that I think has the, uh, the energy and the kind of uh, the feeling of the death rattle um, yeah. was definitely the more chaotic side. And uh, I, I just kind of lost touch with reality for a little while. And, and in, in, I felt I felt like the the, the song needed that because um, it wasn't necessarily obviously there was grief and there was um, uh, deep sorrow, but I kind of covered that up with with partying and trying to to live uh, double double speed uh, because I just didn't know how to handle it. It wasn't the most mature way of dealing with it, but I just didn't know how to, and that's that's kind of what how how I went about it. Um, so that kind of feeling of, uh, feeling like you're going to spin off, off the tracks, um, is what, what we needed to capture in that song. So that's, that's why that song, even though it's part of the same story, that song's very different in, in terms of it's a bit, bit on the wilder side. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, you know, the term I'm going to use is it's a turbulent song, right? Like there's a lot of, of disruption throughout. Um, and I think anybody that's experienced a, a close loss. So, um, you know, I lost my my brother to suicide uh, four years ago now. And, you know, same thing, like. Uh, you just did it come back? Yeah, um, I, yeah. No, no, you're good. Um, you know, I lost my brother like four years ago to, to suicide. And, and so. The, Sorry, the connection yeah. i appreciate that the the connection i made with that song was, was that turbulent time for me as well like you don't know what's happening like how do i you know he he left behind kids and a wife and like 
so my mind's reeling, like, how do I help support them? But I've still got to take care of myself and all that shit, just feeling like you're pulled in so many different directions. And like you said, to some extent, like just needing to escape it, because if it, if I'm not in that moment, then that moment's not real. Um, and that's what that song, you know, felt like to me is that, that running away, but feeling tethered as well to like, I know it's going to pull me back into this moment, but I have to get as far away as I can for this time. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that was hundred percent. It, it was like, it was, it was lurking over me all the time. Like the situation was there. It was kind of like the sword of Danicles, like just ha- hanging above my head. But at the same time, I was just trying to, yeah, trying to run away from it. Uh, just getting, at my face and 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 yeah just trying to trying to live it just wasn't a very calculated way of doing things but i i my grief made me want to live more but then again i kind of bring myself closer to death in the in the right. process uh, so it was very very mixed kind of time and yeah we needed that the song to capture that i i, I think i think it's i think we did it yeah, I, I would say you hit it as someone that has experienced, you know, somewhat similar uh, situation. I, I would say that pretty much nails that emotion. Um, so Death Rattle transitions into Cold Ground. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that transition is, when it comes to the album, probably the most calculated transition between songs, right? yeah actually yeah it's uh yeah it's very much uh it just flowed flowed kind of perfectly um in in very very yeah different modes um but yeah they they gelled perfectly at sonically and um and it's nice that it kind of uh without we didn't really want it to be like a literal sense i wasn't going to call this story part one part two part three right. <laughs> anything like that but there was just th- these little little things about the songs and how they're kind of put together to kind of give it so if if someone didn't didn't know this from from hearing this information but if they were really did a deep dive they could maybe tell that right. these songs were li- linked I've, I've actually used the same lyrics in in all three songs in certain points just to just to like throw in little easter eggs as opposed yeah. to making it like super blatant right yeah um i'm gonna skip track nine because i want to talk about that separately um so we close out the album with let me die how i want and you know again i've been doing music journalism for like 18 years I've been a music fan. I've been alive for 37. So I've been a music fan for 37 years. Uh, I can tell you 100% honestly, I don't know if there is a better closing track to an album than this (laughs) track right here. Like, you know, the completion of the story and just like nailing what the end note of an album needs to be is an incredibly difficult thing. So many bands, I think, give up that's a bad way to say that, but they give up on the end of the album. It's, oh, well, that's the last track that we had for this album, but we're not done. God forbid something were to happen. And you guys said, this is the only chapter of this story that we have. This is the perfect end of a book for this album. 
Oh, thank you so much, man. That that, uh, that warms <laughs> warms my heart to hear that because we felt like when we were doing it that it was almost like a risky thing to do. Um, we're obviously on on a, a, a label like Metal, Metal Blade. We were like, there's probably going to be a certain expectation of, right. of how it should be, and um, the songs that we had before the album cycle, they were all very much like the 100 mile an hour. Um, kind of vibe but we just felt like this this had to be the way we we ended this album um and as we were writing that song we were like yeah this this there was no there was no qualm about it it was like that's that's the closer however many tracks we come up with whatever comes before this needs to be the closer yeah yeah no and I, like i said i i truly think you guys nailed it because it it is unexpected you know listening to the album, listening to your previous catalog, things like that. Uh, like you said, the appearance with being on Metal Blade Records, like when you hear the closing track, you're you're a little bit taken back with, wait, like what's happening? You know, like, is this kind of the same thing? Um, but again, like when you give it the time that it deserves, you realize like, oh shit, like they just closed this this particular chapter and we're ready for, you know, let's move forward with the next thing. Um, and I, I, again, think it was done just masterfully. Well, thank you very much, man. Uh, it's, uh, that, that really does mean a lot because it's, um, cause it is the storytelling and it, that means a lot to us. Um, so the fact that you, you get it, it, it really kind of rings, uh, yeah, it, it speaks, speaks volumes to me. So <laughs> thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now I want to touch on track nine. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this before the actual episode kicked off. Um, so you guys just released the video for The Frail. Um, let's talk a little bit about the dedication for this. You know, this is a, obviously it's an important song on the album anyway, but you guys recently experienced a, a pretty massive loss to the crew and and to the the support circle and things like that. Um, talk a little bit about how this is kind of that memorandum for him. So yeah, it's a it's a very kind of raw subject and something that's something that we couldn't ever ever have planned or never ever thought would have been the case. Um, a very very unfortunate. Um, untimely loss of a of a, a close friend but also a family member um ian's brother-in-law um and yeah someone who's been a, in in our support circle for before the band even was a band um we we we'd known ryan for for the best part of a decade and we were good friends first and he was always a, a champion for us um from from the start um and and our previous projects and and not just us he was championed for um the bristol scene the alt scene they he's known just across the whole of the uk he was right. just an incredibly popular guy um and we were with him um he 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 drives us and and helps us out and he was driving us um last 
last Sunday. Um, and we were filming the video for the frail um, on the Monday. Um, the frail being his favorite song from the album, which um, hits hits so much harder now. Right. Um, but yeah, we we were filming uh, the video, and we'd started filming the video for the frail on Monday. Um, when Ian got the phone call from from Ryan's uh, mum, and he had to go and meet her because yeah, there was um, there been been an incident and we'd lost Ryan um, halfway through shooting, um, which was just absolutely devastating. Uh, it was nothing I'd ever felt before. We were with him hours before. Um, and yeah, it shook, shook us to the core. Um, and we, at the time we were just didn't know, didn't know what to do. There was nothing, there's nothing that can prepare you for that. And there's no rule book on, on, on what to possibly do. Um, so we, we obviously, we stopped filming, um, and, collectively kind of broke down um after after the initial shock and the um and the tears um we decided that we needed to finish the the shoot um in in his honor um which kind of propelled us through um the the next couple hours of of shooting um it's yeah as far as we as far as we could um we did we did all that we could um and captured it um and yeah the, the video came out obviously by the time this comes out it will have been out a while but it came out today so it's still very very uh very fresh um and raw the feeling but yeah, we we dedicated the, the the song now and the the video in particular to to our friend Ryan Ryan Chizzo. Yeah. yeah, man. And you know, I can't say you know sorry for your loss heavy enough, or you know, like it, it's one of those things. You know, we we always have the best intention when we say those words, but we know that they don't fix anything. Um, sincerely um sorry for your loss and i think the the reason i i want to talk about this song being a tribute for him um is a to help you guys with that tribute you know like i i've said a lot about my brother who again was obviously very different circumstances he he was a suicide unfortunately but i talk a lot about mental health. And I've got a different podcast for that called musicians for mental health. But, you know, when we experience a loss, especially of someone close to us, unfortunately, it feels like a lot of times it's so easy to look back at like all the regret that we have, right? Like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have fought with him that day or, you know, whatever, whatever bullshit happened. We always focus on that. And in actuality, you know, these people, live on through the stories that we tell so creating these tributes and these 
these memories and saying like, look, you know, he was a fucking rad dude and we're so proud to have known him and, and putting out something that he loved, you know, is, is just a testament to you guys. And I, I want to a commend you on it, but also thank you for it because it would have been very easy to just give up and say, cool, we're not doing that. Like, let's go figure something else out. Yeah. Thank you, man. It was, it was such a painful thing. And even upon completing it, we didn't know if we were going to put it out or we didn't know um, how we were going to go about it. Um, I like, cause of course, Ian, Ian was, he, he couldn't even make the shoot because he was there with, with Ryan's family uh, and with, with Jade. Um, and so we didn't even know at that point, were we going to try and, and reshoot with, with Ian or, but it just felt still like the right thing to do that that was like our mentality with everything. That was what was happening at that time. That was the rawest, honest thing, the most honest thing that we could do. And, and forever now Ian's absence in that video is his, his own sort of tribute right. to, to Ryan. Um, and we didn't think waiting and then reshooting would would really capture it at all. Um, so we really kind of, um, yeah, put put tried to put game faces on and 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 complete it and and put it out exactly as it was. Um, yeah. Which we're we're hoping somewhere that he's uh, he's proud of that too. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've watched the video twice today and. Uh, you know, I, I, after reading the press release and, and kind of you guys's post and knowing the, the story of it, the second time I watched it, I'm like, man, like I get it, you know, like everything comes through. And again, just, you know, as big of a, a condolence as I can give you, um, definitely you guys, I think it's a, um, it's one of those things where, and kind of tying this into the the album title we've just kept calling it the album even though it's going to be out uh the, <laughs> the album's called living without death's permission and you know that has a special meaning for you that i want to touch on but i think this also kind of solidifies the meaning of that title because like nothing is fucking guaranteed you know and um even the song title with it being the frail and that's how frail life is hours mm -hmm. before you guys were with him and then he's gone. Like it's, it's this weird, this is going to sound so fucking morbid, but it's this weird beauty within tragedy that we, you know, have to look for is this terrible fucking thing happened, but what, what better way to honor him than creating this art? Yeah. This, this, this is, our um, kind of, uh, attitude towards it and what we're kind of saying to everyone in the circle now is that there's there's just so much living to be done yeah and as as heavy as our hearts will feel um for for now it's it's more to to, to keep up and to stay up yeah. for his sake and to do it for him now we have to live for him and and for those the everyone that we've lost um and 
yeah, as you say, there's a there's a beauty in that that we we have to. We it's a duty. It's a duty now to to do it, to live and to live as vastly and as as well as we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's dive into the the title a little bit and its meaning to you. So the album's called Living Without Death's Permission. Um, and this is something that you kind of came up with after a very tragic situation involving yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. So this was um, a near, near fatal accident that I had in uh, in a car um, where I was, I was told, on the words that, that you like to be told, but I felt very lucky after hearing them. I was told I should be dead. Um, there was there was no way I should have survived that crash. Um, and that just completely changed my outlook on everything. Um, and with like, I was trying to explain it's like, like I'm living on, on borrowed time. Um, I kind of pictured like the old, old school horror, like final destination where if, if death was a person, I'd be living without their permission. So that's where it came from. Um, cause that's how it genuinely has felt and it's the kind of way I look at things and it's it's a constant reminder for me that if there's something something tiny nagging at me let it go if yeah. if there's a grudge squash that beef um but equally if someone is pissing you off say it say it as it is because life is short and we're being constantly reminded of this um and it's it's sculpted my my thinking and my view on life and on everything that we talk about on the album it's kind of spiraled from this if i feel like someone's annoying me on the internet that's that's how i express myself uh, if there's a politician uh that's annoying uh, or whatever it is um it's yeah approaching things with this sense of I might not, might not be here tomorrow, so let's, let's let's do it how how it's meant to be done. Yeah, absolutely, and I totally relate to that because uh, last year um, I had my own near death experience. I had COVID last year and uh, ended up um, being lifeline, being on ECMO and a ventilator for twenty days. Um, You're joking? No, no, whole nine yards, man. I've got a nice little trach scar here that you probably can't see very well uh, oh yeah no i can see it i can see it yeah. clearly, man. wow yeah, so um it, it was a super fucked up situation like i hadn't really been around anybody that i knew of that had it or whatever but um no I, same same thing like medically speaking every doctor that i have seen has been like statistically you should not be walking this earth right now um i walked walked into the er at 5% oxygen saturation. Fuck, I have 5% dude. oxygen in my blood and you're supposed to have 90% or better yeah. or go to the hospital. So uh, yeah, they were like, there's no way you should have been walking there. You should have brain damage. You should have organ damage. I have no other than, you know, a little bit of lung capacity issues from the COVID. I have no lingering major issues like that and they're like statistically this does not make fucking sense so that that whole like 
existential crisis, the, the living on borrowed time. I totally fucking get that. And that's why like one of my nurses couldn't believe, you know, we were talking about my story and I was like, you know, it is what it is. And she's like, what a fucking just alpha move to have that kind of energy about this. And I'm like, I I can't control it. Right. Like kind of what you're saying, like, I have no control over this. So when it's my turn, it's my turn. This obviously wasn't my turn, but I don't know when it's going to be. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. hundred percent, man. It's like, it's, it is it. That was, if there's anything that's going to make you believe in a a high power or an angel on the shoulder, like it's, it's those things. And that's 100%. um, Yeah. How I feel. And I'm glad you can uh, connect with that man. And you can understand that feeling because it, it it is in it. It, it it can sculpt you. And um, if you keep that as a reminder, it can, it can change your life entirely. For sure. For sure. And you know, it's one of those things like, not that either of us think we're better than anyone because of our experience, but like, it's such a hard thing to explain to people. Like when you've experienced something like that, they're like, Oh, well, you know, like you're still here. So it's, it's not that bad or whatever. And it's like, uh, it still fucks with you. It still fucks with you heavy. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. And it's, yeah, it, it's an impossible thing in, until you can really kind of like explain it on some, some people just unnaturally like that anyway. For me, it was it was n- nearly having it taken away that made me appreciate it more. Uh, but I love that some people naturally just have that anyway. But if if you don't have that, it's 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 not an easy thing to explain. And it's definitely yeah, definitely when um, when yeah, if you're trapped in in kind of circular thoughts, as I call them, um, yeah, um, it's hard to 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 kind of say to someone oh but there's so much more um without kind of taking them with you and that's that's what i try this is what i'm trying attempting to do is to kind of take take people on this journey and say look there's there's a whole lot of living we can all do yeah absolutely um so you kind of answered one of the the questions i've been asking people um that have new music coming out is a two-part question You've kind of answered it already, but I it may slightly change based on my wording. So part number one is when people hear the album, what is the song that you think that they're going to gravitate to? And part number two is what song do you want them to gravitate to? Oh, oh that, is, that, is, that is a tricky one. I think, I think people will gravitate two oh it's tough oh it's, it's if 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 they haven't heard it at all right um i and this will be the first time ever listening i think rock bottom is a stepping stone i think that that's the one that's going to draw people in you know what it is there's just there's an energy about it and and i yeah i feel i feel like that's the one um what would i want them to i would like people to to gravitate to i think the death roll i and and mainly because that enables us to get even weirder if everyone loves (laughs) that means album two is gonna be absolutely haywire (laughs) yeah Yeah. no and i I love that answer and i i think you're probably you're probably right and i think 
I think the the closing track, like I said, I think is going to be kind of that sleeper track that, you know, it, it may be a slow burn, but it's going to become one of those that everybody goes shit, you know, like that might be one of my favorite songs because it's just so different and it, it knows how to tie it off. Um, so again, this episode's coming out just before the album. So whatever you're allowed to talk about or not allowed to talk about at that point, uh, what does the rest of 2022 look like for you guys? So um, in a few days time, we'll be having the album launch party here in our hometown in Bristol. Um, so that's, uh, I'm hoping that is going to be the carnage it deserves to be because uh, it's just been such a long time coming. It's felt like a long time working on this album. So can't wait to, to get that out and, and to launch it properly. Uh, we will then be, I think it's safe to say we'll have announced this by now. We will be doing a UK tour uh, soon after that. Yeah. Um, so we we shall be, yeah, getting to, to visit up and down the country and playing a whole lot of new tracks for everyone in the UK. Um, as far as other shows, I don't think we're going to have anything that we'll be allowed to announce till after that. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get you in trouble. You know. That's yeah, I'm not going to get shouted. No, but, uh, we'll, we'll put it this way: there are plans for additional shows coming up. Is, we've got this so much new material, so we want. Uh, our aim is to see absolutely everyone everywhere. So that is yeah. that is uh, our our promise uh, is to to get absolutely everywhere that we can. And it is tour, tour, tour. That is that's uh, that is the the major plans now. We want to awesome. come and create some noise with everyone. Awesome, yeah. And I think I think this album is going to be one that, as you tour on it, like. Again, anyone that listens to it because of the way that it's written with that rawness and those little imperfections that people can find, it's going to translate into the live show and they just they're going to be able to go nuts. A hundred percent, man. I just can't wait to do it. I, can't, I cannot wait. We've been sitting and we've been hammering these tracks out in a, in our studio and we're just like, oh, I want everyone to hear this. So yeah, we can't, we can't wait. And yeah, hopefully everyone's going to, everyone's going to feel it. They're not just going to hear it. They're going to feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the last thing I've got for you, obviously I'm going to tag all your socials, but where can people find you guys online? What's the best way to interact with you? Things like that. Hit us up on all our socials. We are everywhere now. We're, we've got our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, it's all RXPTRS. Uh, we've got raptors.com. Um, we've also got Bandcamp. Hit us anywhere. I'm, I'm connected to all of them. And right. whatever, <laughs> whatever your chosen poison, hit us up there. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time so much, dude. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to those things we can't talk about when you come over to the States in the hopefully nearish future, uh, because I'm definitely going to try to get out to a show because I, I can't wait for this to be live. Dude, let's do it. Let's hook up on your side of the pond. I, I'll, I look forward to that. Absolutely. Simon, I appreciate it so much, dude. Um, I'll let you guys know, obviously when this goes live and everything, but stay safe and, and just fucking kill it, man. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for having me, dude. This has been awesome. Yeah, not a problem, man. Anytime you want, you just let me know and we'll we'll set something up. I'll hold you to that. Awesome. <laughs>
Have a good night, man. Uh, you too, dude. Take it easy, man. You too. band raptors um hope you guys enjoyed that one you know i always say this but i i definitely did and i think the thing with this particular one is the gravity of this album right you know i you guys know i talk about mental health all the time and um the power of authenticity and emotion and transparency and in music and just this album is a beacon of those things and i think it's going to be you know something that's got a a track for everybody i really do believe that there's going to be at least one song on this album um that no matter who you are where you're from whatever you're going to find a track on this album that you resonate with and that means something to you um you know, a huge shout out to Simon A for taking the time to do it. Um, you know, coming from <laughs> trying to schedule something from the U.S. to the U.K. can be an absolute nightmare. Um, but, you know, he was gracious enough to find time for me to have this conversation with him. And I really appreciate that. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, again, there's a lot of stuff that Simon kind of touched on that is coming up you know if you're in the states be paying attention to them they're gonna have some really fucking cool announcements soon um and you know potential for us on on this side of the pond as <laughs> as they call it uh there's gonna be potential for us to see them in in live concert soon so keep your eyes peeled for that um as always i've got the socials linked in the description of this podcast hit them up let them know what you thought of this interview uh this conversation um be sure that you're checking out the album it does drop just two days after this podcast goes live so uh be sure that you check out the album and you know let them know and let us know what your favorite song on the album is um i know i've got my guesses simon had his guesses uh, we just really want to know kind of what's what's kept or what's capturing people and and kind of hooking that attention. Um, it would be really cool if you guys go over, check out the music video for the frail. Um, make sure that you're listening to it, streaming it, um, giving it the love and attention that it deserves because it is just a great. It's a great song, even without knowing the tragedy that that happened um, during the filming of the music video. So it would be a great honor to them um, for that song to get a, an even bigger lift in memory of their friend Ryan. So um, I think that's everything for you guys this week. Um, I don't know if you saw... Over on Musicians for Mental Health, we are, you know, back in full swing on that. So, um, really cool episodes are coming up. Um, some really cool ones have come out already. And, you know, I think there's some stuff that is 
really going to hit home with some people that maybe they didn't expect. Um, and I, you know, want you guys to listen to those with care, uh, because some of those conversations are triggering, uh, but they're also very educational. They're honest, they're open. Um, and it's an important conversation to be having. So, uh, also I am working on new merch. I know I've been saying that for a while now. Uh, long story, super short, basically the person that I had helping with a couple merch designs, uh, ghosted me and it is what it is. Uh, you know, sometimes you get burnt. So I am working on some new designs. If you guys ever come up with designs or, you know, want to show me your portfolio because you do design work or anything like that, hit me up, uh, especially on Instagram and we'll see what we can work out because I am definitely down to collaborate on merchandise and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that's everything, guys. That is this week's episode. So thank you so much for all the love, support. Um, be sure that you're getting out, checking out live music. When you're doing that, uh, I don't often plug this, but uh, earplugs matter. Uh, I'm 37 years old and I have fucked up my hearing from decades of not paying attention to my ear health uh, at, <laughs> at loud concerts. And, you know, I couldn't tell you guys how many times the next day is just constant ringing or whatever. So I have for the last few years been using earplugs. The last couple years specifically, I've been using Eargasm earplugs, the high fidelity model. Um, so jump over to Eargasm earplugs, check them out. Uh, if you do decide to buy some, use the promo code, you make the scene, all one word, and that will get you 10% off your order. So, um, that would be really dope too. Uh, because again, 37 years old and I definitely do not hear like I probably should be able to. So protect your ears. Um, <laughs> It, it's definitely worth it. You're not too cool for it, uh, and it does fucking matter. So remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.